Our epistle lesson is from Hebrews chapter 12, as we continue this passage about our great cloud of witness. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken a seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now I'd like to invite all of our children to join Pastor Renee for children's worship. Grades K through 2. I'm sure she would appreciate me saying that as well. Now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place and in all places be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In 1997, The Emmy Awards honored Fred Rogers with a Lifetime Achievement Award for his beloved television show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I wonder how many of us grew up or our children grew up or our grandchildren grew up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Wow, okay. At the age of 68, Fred Rogers had already received four daytime Emmys. He was the host of all 895 episodes of his show, the composer of more than 200 original songs, and the creative puppeteer who imagined 14 different characters into being. But more importantly, Fred Rogers completely transformed the ways in which we think about the inner lives of children, and perhaps about our own inner lives, too. So after receiving a standing ovation that night in an auditorium filled with celebrities and Hollywood stars, he said with a twinkle in his eye, oh, it's a beautiful night in this neighborhood, isn't it? He was a bit out of character, though, because instead of wearing his signature red cardigan, khaki pants, and lace-up tennis shoes, he donned a silky black suit and bow tie instead. But then, in pure Mr. Rogers fashion, the beloved television star did something in his 30 seconds of fame that took the whole room by surprise. So many people have helped me to come to this night, he said. Some of you are here. Some are far away. Some are in heaven. 
But I believe that all of us have special ones who have loved us into being. And so he said, would you just take 10 seconds along with me to think about the different people who have helped you to become who you are? Let's think about all those who have cared about us and wanted what was best for us in life. 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. And then in this huge auditorium of Hollywood stars, he pulled out his watch for 10 seconds of silence. Well, at first the audience chuckled as if Mr. Rogers were asking them to do an activity like he might ask children to do on his show. But when they realized he was serious, the audience settled down into this moment of reflection. And by the time their 10 seconds were up, many of the Hollywood stars in the room were wiping the tears away from their eyes. Because in that sacred pause, Rogers said something that was countercultural to a world that champions individualism and achievement and climbing the ladder of success. He reminded us that we are who we are today because of the people who have loved us into being. In his own unique way, I believe that Fred Rogers, who was an ordained minister himself, was preaching a sermon on primetime television that night. He reminded us of what we just read in Hebrews 12, that we are who we are today since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I believe that Highland is the bold and prophetic and inclusive church that we aspire to be, the church that we've already heard about and seen expressed in such beautiful ways this morning since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. For years, people have been passing this baton from one generation to the next, bringing us to this very moment as a church in the year 2022. In fact, this very idea of being surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses is so central to our identity that John Dixon framed our church's hymn around this text when he wrote it back in 1992, 20 years ago this year. And so my question for us this morning is, who would you reflect on in those 10 seconds of silence? Who makes up the great cloud of witness that has loved us into being? I should note that these witnesses can extend well beyond people. Because surely there are places and experiences and even challenges that you and I have endured that have been witnesses to God's unfolding work within us and all around us. I'm reminded of that great poem by Kentucky author George Ella Lyon called Where I Am From. She writes, I am from clothespins from Clorox and carbon tetrachloride. I'm from the dirt under the back porch, black, glistening, it tasted like beets. I am from the forsythia bush, 
the Dutch elm, whose long-gone limbs I remember as if they were my own. I'm from the fudge and eyeglasses. I'm from Imogene and Alifair. I'm from the know-it-alls and the pass-it-ons, from perk up and pipe down. I'm from he restoreth my soul with a cotton ball lamb and ten verses I can say all by myself. I'm from Artemis and Billy's Branch, fried corn and strong coffee. From the finger my grandfather lost to the auger, the eye my father shut to keep his sight. Under the bed was a dress box, spilling old pictures, a sift of lost faces to drift beneath my dreams. I am from those moments, snapped before I budded, leaf fall from the family tree. Where are you from, Highland? What are the moments and the snapshots that make up yours and mine and our great cloud of witness family tree? I know we have many gifted writers in our church, and I actually want to invite you to write your own Where I Am From poem over the next few weeks. Because I would love for us to reflect on where we are from as the Highland family and to share our stories with one another. It's an important spiritual practice and it's something we can have a tendency to forget about. But as Bible scholar Debbie Thomas puts it, she says, I don't know about you, but I find it far too easy to forget all about this cloud in my daily life. Living as I do in a culture that worships individualism, I'm quick to assume that I'm always alone, unseen, and unfettered in my spiritual life. But I'm not. I am surrounded. I'm surrounded by witnesses whose testimonies both console and challenge me. I'm surrounded by witnesses whose stories must nuance and deepen my own faith. Because Christianity is not just about me and my personal Jesus doing our own private thing over here. Ours is a profoundly communal faith, one that spans across place, culture, race, ethnicity, and time. And I would add to her words that this is why I believe so strongly in the power of the church, in the power of this church of this messy and yet beautiful smattering of people whose stories and lives intertwine in a way that leaves all of us changed and transformed. Because on our own, we only see a very small piece of the puzzle. And we desperately need each other. We need to be surrounded to see and experience the fuller picture of God working through the family of God in this place. On our own, we are each just a small mosaic of our stained glass windows, and it's only that together we can see the picture whole. And yet this great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us, that we've been discussing over the past few weeks at Highland, is only the first part of this verse in Hebrews chapter 12. 
All the verses that follow are written in response to this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you and I are being passed the baton and it's up to us to make the next move. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you and I were meant for something bigger than what any of us can imagine doing on our own. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we can't get too comfortable or stay stagnant in God's world. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you and I are being called out by a faith that challenges us to take our brave next step in the race that is set before us. You may have heard that someone who is a significant part of our cloud of witnesses passed away this week. That's the pastor and writer Frederick Beekner. Many of us say that Beekner gave words to things we've experienced in our souls but just never quite had the language to articulate. I know that was the case for me. I actually have a letter that Beekner wrote to my Uncle Jack framed in my office, if you ever want to come by and see it. He writes, Dear Dr. Birdwhistle, you have about the most enchanting name I have ever come across. <laughs> Hang on to it. I shared a couple weeks ago about how Beekner describes the faith that we read about in Hebrews. Faith, he says, is the word that describes the direction our feet start moving when we find that we are loved. Faith is stepping out into the unknown with nothing to guide us but a hand that is just beyond our grasp. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Highland, I believe that we are constantly being invited to step out by faith into the unknown, into a new school year, into a new stage of life for our family, into a new health diagnosis, into a new job, into retirement into a brave new season in the life of our church, into the work of reparations, into a significant capital campaign. And so since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Highland, how is God inviting you to take that next brave step? Of course, I also know that this is so much easier said than it is done. Most of you know that I live with a physical disability that causes my bones to break easily. And if I were to write my own poem, I might say that I am from sterile hospital rooms and spica casts, from a bright purple walker and a Kentucky blue wheelchair, and too many broken bones to count. Especially when I was young, I experienced what felt like this endless cycle of broken bones. And I think I've shared with some of you before that as I got older, if I fell or got hurt, I learned to describe to my parents what type of pain I was experiencing and how serious it was and if we needed to go to the hospital or not. 
But when I was a toddler, I couldn't really communicate with my parents like that. And so whenever I fell or bumped up against something, I would cry, like all toddlers do. And my parents couldn't always tell if I was crying because I was seriously hurt or because I was scared or just because I was being a toddler. Well, Siri was really interested in that story. Um, That was interesting. (laughs) That's never happened before. Well, in this moment of laughter, I'll call out that my parents are here, and they especially love that I'm telling this story. So anyway, they had this brilliant idea. My dad, whenever I was hurt and couldn't describe quite what was going on, would pull out a bottle of magic bubbles. And he would blow them over whatever part of my body was hurting. And somehow those magic bubbles would calm my fears. And they would give me the courage to try to get up and walk. Now you and I both know that these were not really magic bubbles. They were 25-cent bubbles from the five-star convenience store down the street. And they couldn't heal my bones if something were really broken. Sorry, Drew Harston, but I don't think they would do you much good. But I tell you this story to give you this image. Because whenever I found myself surrounded by this cloud of magic bubbles... I somehow always found the courage to try to get up and take a next brave step. And so that's the image I would love for us to have in mind as we think about this great cloud of witnesses that bubbles and surrounds us, even in this very sacred place. This cloud of witnesses is not a magic wand. They don't wave it around and suddenly fix everything that's broken. But they are indeed surrounding us, even in these very moments, reminding us that we are not alone. And whenever we, as Highland, remember that we have this great cloud of witnesses, this community of faith surrounding us, believing us, breathing life into us, and cheering us forward, I believe that we too can find whatever it is that we need to take our next brave step forward to, one step at a time. And so as we end today, I want to invite you to imagine what or who is part of your great cloud of witness. And like Fred Rogers, would you take just 10 seconds along with me to think about all the different people and experiences who have helped you to become who you are, who have loved you into being. 10 seconds of silence. I bet Siri will help me watch the time. Highland, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let's keep taking our next brave steps forward. Trusting that in the midst of it all, we are being led by a hand that is just beyond our reach. 
and that we are being held in the fullness of the God who is with us always. Amen.